Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the 1982 Singles Edition. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, of course, the mad Brit, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Give it to me, Tom. Where does the pollen go? <laughs> so good. That's great. I like that you're singing for us. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a this is an original musical. It uh, sure is. It it believes it was previously a stage musical, but it was not. <laughs> and of course, for our 1982 single sequels, we are being joined by a special guest, Matt Aldrich, screenwriter, co-writer of Coco. Hello, Matt. Hey guys, it's I'm so ha- when when Mike first um, asked if I wanted to do this show i he said what sequel do you want to do and anything just anything and and i i um, was surprised by your answer i i hemmed and hawed i said what we could do this we could do that but that would be lame but this and then i then it hit me like a bolt of lightning a bolt of greased lightning (laughs) (laughs) i said now you're on our level i said i want to do grease 2 and I was shocked when I got that. Yeah. Text. And and I could tell you were shocked and you were like, well, <laughs> um, I said that comes with some other problems because that's yeah. a single sequel. It's a single sequel. You're and committing then, to more than you first thought. <laughs> and, and then and then uh, and so what the wonderful thing is. Because this movie came out in 1982, we started looking at the other movies that came out in 1982, and I discovered what is now has become my obsession, which is the movies of 1982, that they are, it's a truly remarkable list of movies. Um, I have set myself to watching every one of them, um, good, bad, and indifferent. So this was, this sort of um, has become a a much larger project, Um, but... uh, uh, it Stay all started, tuned, I might add. Yeah, it all started. It, it all started with Grease Two. That was the that was the gateway drug, and um, <laughs> I'm so glad to be finally talking about it um, because I hadn't seen it in you know nearly 40 years. Um, <gasps> wow! I, I, saw I had not it when seen I it ever. I mean, I shouldn't say well, that. I'm somewhere I, in the middle of that. Yeah, I think I probably, I would say 30 years. It's been 30 years since I've seen it. But I think it, it like a lot of movies from 1982, um, it got a lot of play on cable. Um, mm. And and this was around the time when we all started getting um, VCRs and we all started taping movies. And so, right. um, you know, in my house, this was a favorite movie of my sister's. And so it was, it, it always felt like it was on. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I was also talking with my wife about this movie because she sort of came, you know, I was like, do you want to watch this? And she goes, oh, no, I've seen it too many times. <laughs> you know, so like <laughs> for, for people of a certain age, I think this is one of these movies that we kind of um, grew up with, especially um, uh, especially women. Uh, I was going to say that I have noticed the same thing. There are 
women our age who will not hear a word spoken ill against Greece too. Yeah, there's in fact it has become a a bit of a cult movie where um, even in the last few years they did like a vinyl printing of the soundtrack, like a special collector's mm. edition um, uh, version of this. Like this th- this movie has has um, aged well in in yeah. in, in terms yes. of the in terms of people's regard for it. Um, and I think because it came out when it did in 1982, it was what six years after. No, four years after the original. Four years. Ri- it was original was 78. So it came out four years after the original, and it came out in the summer against a slate of movies that few summers have seen in right. terms of, of, of the extraordinary titles that were dropping yeah. every single week. And then you have this sequel of an incredibly successful movie, you know, big summer release, except it doesn't have the two main characters in it the two actors this movie was just like the deck was stacked against it you know mm-hmm. and i think it took time for people to um find fall it, in love or, with it and or watch appreciate it again, it. And again. Yeah. And, you know it was it was sort of the fodder of slumber parties and, and well and do um, you think part of that has to do with our sort of obsession with original movies You know, other sequels are different because a lot of times, you know, Tom, you and I have talked about bringing the band back together. So you have original cast members and it's not as often that you... doesn't count? Huh? Mr. Spears doesn't count? Yeah, I mean, you have some Even though he's named a different character for some reason. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But between that and the principal and the principal's... uh, What is it? Blanche? Yeah. The coach is back. Yeah. Eugene's back, but they bring everyone, back a... everyone you want back is back. <laughs> it's, but it, it's a bit if, like if you're weird and old. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the you know when they rebooted Saved by the Bell and like one of them came back and he was like the in the faculty. You know, it was right. like it's not as satisfying as as no. a as a sequel really should be and and uh, it doesn't it doesn't deliver on the promise um i think of, of a sequel in that just out of the gate you know yeah um and also again looking at sort of the cards stacked against it i think it's very hard to sequel a musical um there's not <laughs> yes. a lot of of good right. examples of that i mean even just a few years ago in the mary poppins you know i think that was that was the best um the best version of like a sequeled uh, musical, you know, that really want, that really took the original and, and reworked the story while also giving you exactly what you came for, you know, Um, you know, and, um, and so it's just like, it's, it's rare that you have a good sequel to a musical, a good musical sequel, um, because so much goes into the, the, the creation of a musical Greece had the advantage of being a show like on Broadway written by right. written yeah. by a team and and it went through all of the development and stages of of honing um, uh, to get a show to Broadway and to be a success and then you have a sequel that is thrown together and I swear no two songs are written by the same people in this movie oh can't possibly be they're not they're not <laughs> they're they're the 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 song credits if you stay through the credits and you see the song credits, it's it's a it's a 
hodgepodge. It's a, it's a hodgepodge. It's a it's a yeah. Um, it's a it's rock soup of 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 everybody who whoever wrote a song <laughs> got a song into this movie, and so it it lacks all cohesion. It it, it just it's again these things that were sort of hobbling the movie out of the gate yet i go to the mat and i say this is still an entertaining movie to watch i enjoyed watching it my son came in my little son he's nine years old he came in he watched the the last half of it with me um and he was into it and he wouldn't admit to being into it but he he was into it (laughs) that's funny yeah it feels like a it weirdly feels like a a, a jukebox musical which you know usually just one artist but yeah. it, it's a kind of jukebox musical just because it feels disjointed completely from, which, right from song to song which is one of the big disadvantages of that kind of musical uh it's like why would you be singing this song now um and that's what it, that's what every song in this kind of right uh, kind of feels like um, most of the times when i wrote down a title to a song i put a question mark after it <laughs> Because this you weren't what the sure that's that... about. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I would have to like. But that I think is part of what makes this movie so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it 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 hits you with some surprise left hooks every now and then, like enough to to make you go, like, are are they really making a movie about this? Like, is this really what this this right? This was this is in. This is not. I'm not watching deleted scenes. Um, <laughs> I think like, okay. For me, like on the surface, <laughs> this is what I was saying in the in the in the minisode. Um, on the surface, this movie on paper is a great idea. Okay, no, we're yeah, going, we're going back to Rydell High School. Yeah, right. great, I'm in. We're going it's back. It's a new to, school year. It's a new school year. Um, uh, new kids, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you remember that the last time when it was the you know the greaser gang and the, and the you know the tough guy and the and the and the you know new fresh fresh eyed you know fresh off the right, bus we're gonna girl it. we're gonna reverse that and she's gonna be the tough one Classic and he's gonna be version. the guy it's, sequel it, inversion exactly Im, it, yeah it, imbass it on paper it's a great idea and then again noteworthy it's it's a noteworthy film in that it is Michelle Pfeiffer's first right. you know role of any size consequence um, mm. and uh, and. And it was a, it was kind of a star turn for her. Like yeah. she, 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 she walked out of this um, unscathed, being and everybody else and the... seemed to be scathed. Yeah, well, a big, I mean, a big, yeah, the a ma- big part of why I think women are, you know, so. I mean, what do I know? But women are so into this movie. Um, you know, it's directed by a woman, and it puts women front and center. And that woman is Michelle Pfeiffer. So yes. it's kind of it, it. It speaks on a level that certainly the original doesn't speak to. It it definitely the yeah. Newton John character. It definitely goes the extra mile. I think it, you know, at the end of the day though, it's still a 1982 movie, and she's still singing about like what does she want? She wants a guy on a motorcycle rather than yeah. she wants to be yeah. the one on the motorcycle. Like like there's the, like, the duality works both ways. Yeah, it sadly, doesn't, it doesn't right. go all the way where <laughs> in you both know, movies. In the first movie, a woman has to change to what she's not to get the guy. And in this movie, the guy has to change into yeah. what he's not to get the girl. Yeah, exactly. So they both have the same problem with opposite genders. She has to get more traditionally feminine and he has to get more traditionally masculine. But, right. you know, somewhere in the middle of that is something a bit more progressive for women. 
Right. And yeah. and the the movie is um while dramatically it it I have you know, I have quarrels with the story and I have quarrels with um I, there's I have questions. I have lots oh, of questions. Oh, nothing but yeah. I have lots of questions. But quandaries and questions for but, this movie for but me. But I can say like it, it, this is this is a movie about kids um like wrestling with uh with being in relationships, being in love, having sex, it, the, 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 the um, preoccupation, the sort of the super preoccupation with um, having sex, especially mm. having sex for the first time, is also something that you see in a lot of the movies from 1982. Porkies. Porkies. Uh, Night Shift. Um, yeah. There's a whole sort of subgenre of e. 1982 movies that involve brothels e. in some way. <laughs> E.T. Yeah, phone. I home. may have I may have misinterpreted. You might that have misinterpreted that, that was movie his, a bit. That was his finger, Tom. That was his finger. Oh, that it all makes red. sense now. Yeah. That was That's why finger. I wondered in Airplane Two why he was dialing a dialing a phone with his penis. Yeah, which would have been a better joke. But we'll get there. <laughs> So, uh, so like I said, on paper, Grease 2 sort of presents itself, I think, really honestly and openly. I think the opening number is really good. Um, we've got to go back to school. Back it's, to school again, yeah. It, it, I have that same note. It's a yeah, really, yeah. So it's, do I. It's a really good number. It kind of comes in and out it, as, as you sort of meet all of your, you know, if anything, this movie suffers from too many characters. Um, but you meet all of them, and you sort of get the you know, you get to know your gang really fast. And yeah. Yeah. and it's efficient it, in that way. It's incredibly efficient. It's fun. It's 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 lively. You're sort of drawn into the world, and and it ends on a gag with you know the sort of the the band nerds cello being Chell- yeah. um, uh, uh, strung up on the flagpole. And my only like, question boom. in that whole my only question in that whole first song was why Patricia Birch, who we haven't mentioned yet, the director, had when when the kids all finally, you know, uh, pose and and sing the final note. Yeah. And there's like thirty of them. Maybe five of them are looking directly into camera. <laughs> <laughs> and the other twenty five are not. So there are some, there are some interesting questions from a from a choreography standpoint throughout yeah. this movie. Why you? I mean, later on in the movie, we have a musical number that begins with twenty people wedged in a glass doorway. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> See, here's so here's here's here, <laughs> a, a bit of context. The director was the choreographer of the of the stage musical Greece. And the choreographer for the choreographer for the first for, movie, for the right? First movie, and, and so, I know she's directed a lot of uh, Cindy Lauper videos. Yeah, and so for what it's worth, I think again on paper she's an excellent choice to direct this movie. Um, I, but I think one, my one of my big critiques of this movie, and, and it's sort of a um, what I see as sort of the um, uh, a, a, something sort of underpinning a lot of the problems with this movie is um, I think the movie generally looks really cheap. Um, I think the lighting is harsh. Um, I think the, the, the production value is minimal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it just feels like we're just kind of, I don't know, finding the, it looks like a gorilla movie made in Glendale, you know, like you're like, okay, we we got the we got the vacant lot. We got this corner of Griffith Park. So for him yeah, to right. ride the yeah. motorcycle for the first time, like 
for me, movie musicals are really tricky. Um, it's a tricky balancing act. And I think like I'll, 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 uh, my, I think the best movie musical, um, for me, in my opinion is West Side Story and it's the best for me. It's the, it's the most, um, realized, uh, musical in that the production value is as heightened and the set design, the art design is as heightened and non-realistic as the fact that characters are breaking out into song. Like when, when the, mm-hmm. when the music and the, and the, and the art direction sort of rise to the same level, it's really wonderful. When, when art direction is, is trying to be realistic and people are breaking out into song, I feel like that's a dissonance for me that I never quite get over as an audience member. Um, now there are musicals that are, that's for sort of the musical people break out the song. I think on the opposite end, on the realistic end, my favorite musical is once and all of that music is uh, real. Yeah. It's, it's real music. It's taking place in the world. It's happening. The, yes. Yeah. In it's real happening time. in, in the, in the universe of the world, it's actually existing. It's not coming in being piped in from nowhere. And, and again, the art direction is super realistic. And so like when the two of them match, they match, I, yeah, I find I find that it's it's it, that's to me what makes the most successful movie musical and and so Grease two Grease is really successful because the art direction is out there. You look at I mean it opens with a cartoon first of all, mm-hmm. and then you look at numbers like Grease <laughs> we talked Lightning. About that, haven't we, Michael? Weirdly, yeah. It, we it, talked about how how I never remember that's going to happen. <laughs> And I, and I think I've accidentally, I'm accidentally watching like a, an animated version of Grease. It starts with not just a cartoon, but like a schoolhouse rock kind of kind vibe. Of, yeah, right. Like it's, it's funky and it's, um, it's, it's, it's funky. But when and you it's get into weird. numbers, yeah. When you get into numbers like Grease Lightning. Exactly. And. And Beauty School Dropout. Beauty and School Dropout, I was just going to say. Where yeah. they take on sort of a dreamlike quality. And I feel mm. like for this movie, it it never gets there until no. they go to motorcycle heaven in the last mm. half hour of the movie. And it's that, <laughs> it's that moment where she sings, Oh, what's her torch song? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm going to forget that. I, I have girl, to have the set list in front of her, in front a of girl me. for all seasons. No, no, it's the one she sings after well, girl for all seasons. Yeah. But it's the, yeah, the one. Yeah. It's her. I torch. didn't write it down from her torch song on. I feel like this movie finally becomes a sequel to Greece. Because it, you go to motor, motorcycle heaven, you suddenly are at a luau, and it's just like yeah. it's it, yeah. it it's just. Um, but it also, I think the other thing I love specifically about her torch song, even when this movie is uh, finally getting to a level that that you're talking about, in which it's matching with the song itself, but. But I, it, I, I'm always, I'm often left with questions. And in that moment, she, in reality, she is on stage in front of an audience full of people. Yeah. Mm. But the she star... is singing in her mind. Yes. She is singing a duet. Yes. With... But in reality, he's not there. He's not so... there. But <laughs> they do the... it. They do it really artistically because that, that star they do, kind of but... flies away on her. And mm-hmm. it's suddenly it's like we are not in reality anymore. Right. And it's like I've been waiting for an hour and a half for this movie to leave 
reality and go into yeah. the same places that the music was trying to go to. It, it, everything felt so gritty. And I think that gritty was because of the, I don't think the movie had the budget it needed. I don't think yeah. it had the art design it needed. I think it, you know, the, like the, there's a, there's a, a number which I still can't believe is still in there, but it's, it's a very entertaining number, but it does nothing. It's the, the number at the bowling alley. Let's bowl. Score tonight. Yeah. We're going to score tonight. Again, preoccupation with getting laid and, and, um, as if Sesame Street and Sondheim collaborated on a on a song. <laughs> it's it's the strangest <laughs> song, and then like suddenly like like you can see it sort of this this urge to be big and cartoonish. You can see it sort of yeah. peek through in that song when suddenly like there's a nun bowling. Nuns bowling yeah, for no yeah. reason. Yeah, right. you're like you're like okay, you you're, you're, just g- stop trying to get there and just get there um, because everything up until then for me is um, it just looks too real and just too like plain. Um, well, there's a, I think there's a, a couple of problems that I had, which are related to that. First of all, it doesn't surprise me at all. I didn't know that, that the person who directed this movie comes from a stage background because, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling much cinematic craft here. I mean, all the the musical numbers are are staged as if they're theater. Yeah, it has a proscenium um, quality. To as it. a pre- yeah, yeah. proscenium yeah. quality to it. And then and then of course the story is about you know a stage show at a high school. Yeah. So it become even you know at the level of content, it's also very stagey. Um, and part of that, I think, is a kind of insecurity about this not being a stage musical originally, and we've got to find some of that in there. But it does lend to that kind of that grittiness and that cheapness you're talking about. Also, I mean, a big thing with, with musicals is kind of, which I think you've alluded to brilliantly, is this idea of creating a utopia within within the you know the reality that you're in, and that's what musical numbers do best. Yes, yeah, sure. But precious few of these kind of do that and a big part of making those utopias is doing what they finally do in the last 15 minutes which is that they kind of all the conflicts of the of the movie are resolved you know in one musical number and at the time i was like well yeah great but these these conflicts haven't been established like right it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's any any jeopardy. You're not building your, you know, you, you you created a utopia, but nothing needs to get resolved. So there's all kinds of of problems there. I think. But, I think too, uh, if I may, um, on a story level, um, and again, this might come from the insecurity of not having a stage musical to fall back on, and you're sort of out, you know, on a limb here, writing an original piece. I felt like the story itself was way safer than way safer i think i think the story itself pulled back where greece one like went there like yeah um score tonight and or we're going prowling versus well, Greece yeah, lightning going, right it just it's it's like it's it's like drinking postum you know it's like it's just not the real thing um uh, you know, the story of Greece dealt with 
um, unwanted pregnancy. It dealt with uh, right. you know, high yeah. school dropping out of high school. It it dealt with um, you know uh, uh, it felt like it 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 went to more serious places. That this movie always sort of felt like well we're having fun and that's enough right and you know and and so you know I think in that way it always felt like I don't know just a a bit of a bauble. Um, well, and not just that, but to me, the things that they try to get serious about, like nuclear holocaust. <laughs> See, I don't even view that as serious, though. Like that. No, whole it, segment, it isn't treated seriously. That whole segment just seems. But like it a is deli- serious. It, it feels like a delivery system for trying to take advantage of a woman. Yeah, <laughs> it that, is. By it is. singing the song "Do It for Your Country." Yeah, but the movie um, hasn't quite come to terms with that. Right. Exactly. N- no. But, that was but that. speaking to what the two of you were just talking about. It's like, say, in terms of characterization, the T-Birds, especially Zamed, whose character, uh, what's it? What's Adrian Zamed's character? Uh, Nogarelli. Johnny, maybe? Probably Johnny. G- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a Johnny. Probably a Johnny. Um, you know, the angst of the relationship he has never even reaches the level of the first movie. Right. No, well, he never has a leg to stand on because right. he, he he has he tries to sort of lay. There's an interesting thing here where he's trying to lay claim to uh, on, on Michelle Pfeiffer's character, and <laughs> and she is saying like, I, "I'm nobody's property," which I think is a great sort of um, philosophical statement for the movie, and it's it's it is the sort of one of the woke things that the movie is kind of up to. Um, but it's know. also juxtaposed with this idea that T-birds can only date pink ladies. Yes, and that and that Strange. you know when he said when she when she says like it's over Johnny uh, I'm gonna just call him Johnny when when, <laughs> when she says it's over Johnny and he says all right well if it's over and if you want out fine but give me that jacket but that give me jacket, the jacket right. is 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 my property if you're not gonna be my property take off the pink lady jacket and and I think um, that was the um, there was, I think there was just like, that was where this movie was like teetering on being about something, um, but never, never having it didn't either feel the confidence fully realized, or the, though, or right? the, or yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. The time it's like, this is the, this is the version of the show that like plays in Connecticut before you go to Broadway. Right. This is the <sighs> version the of the show note. that plays to Connecticut and then everybody comes back and they rework it, you know? Um, yeah. Because I mean, for for you know, Greece was was very the original Greece was very radical in in many ways. What it did with the musical form, you know, the 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 content and the issues it discussed, which you already talked about, um, and it ended up being this watered down high school show that every high school yes. did. And here it's like, I feel like it wa- it, it sort of wants to give you the watered down high school version in the vain hope that you'll do this instead of Greece yeah. in your high school. <laughs> it, it it kind of feels like a photocopy of a photocopy, you know, um, that it's it's just it's it's just it's it doesn't take any definitive um, stands. The, the the lines aren't sharp. Um, where where yeah. and and I think and again I've done extensive Wikipedia research on this. 
um, that, again, for context, because of the success of Grease, the movie, they wanted to make like four movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. This was going to be the first, this was going to be a franchise with a capital F. And so there was going to be this movie, and then the next one was going to be set even later, and it was going to deal with the, sort of the hippie counterculture, you know? Mm. Um, and I just, I, I, I look at this movie, and this movie, as we were talking about in the, in the minisode, this movie killed that whole idea of four movies. It killed the franchise. And I think it killed the franchise because it, they never should have done this movie. They should have gone and done the third movie that they were playing. The hippie? Yeah. yeah, because well, that what it's only it's only two years later in the exactly in the world of the movie, right? There's there's a there's a there's a, a, a there's an interesting thing about the films of 1982, and just in general about the films of the 80s. But you can see it a lot in 1982 is that there is a nostalgia for um, America before the Kennedy assassination. It's just yeah, there there it's everywhere. Um, and so, oh, yeah. Gre- so Greece was set in 1958, and Greece Two is set in 1961. And there's no mm-hmm. accident that Greece Two is set in 1961 because anything no. later <laughs> is is going to is going to be a different Rydell High School. And it's like I I I wish um, I wish Greece Two had taken that big swing to say, okay, we did we did Greece, you know. Now we're gonna do hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna do like, um, you know, the, the 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 new dangerous thing is not motorcycle guys. You know, that's not the new dangerous thing. The new dangerous thing is like, you know, pot and hippies and and all of this stuff, and make it about this new thing that's coming up in high schools that has all of the adults worried. And that I thought would have been a, a, a much um, better um use of your time i wish they had made time. that movie i wish they had gone through and actually made that movie but but because i well, think of of the time that it was made and there was a just a real culturally in the united states there was just a nostalgia for life before kennedy was shot um well not the the, just that though but the other thing to me about this movie is that I don't think this movie knows what time it wants to be. It's set in 1961, but it looks like they're still trying to set it in the 50s. And yeah. yet, it also but looks the movie, like But the songs sound like they're from the 80s. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And the you songs know? are super so, 80s. The instrumentation is super 80s. This movie feels 80s. lost in time to me. But listen, let's take I, our first the, break. Yeah. And uh, when we'll come back, when we come back, we'll delve deeper into Grease 2 right after this, everybody. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. 
The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we're back. Tom, Matt, and myself are here talking about Grease 2, the 1982 film directed by Patricia Birch. This movie was extremely unsuccessful, boys. Budget of $13.2 million, opening weekend of $4.6, both the USA and worldwide, $15.1 million. That's not what a studio likes to see. <laughs> Correct. No. I, I think I think that's like the marketplace speaking. <laughs> like, uh, that's but that's like, what, but so, it's okay because you know, we've got Airplane Two in December. Yeah, it'll right. carry Paramount right. through. <laughs> okay, so but there are but, plenty I mean, the, of this... examples of classic movies that people love, like Princess Bride, who people today would say was this huge monstrous hit, and it was not. It made no money in the theater. It got found on VHS. Absolutely. When it came out on video. And like I said, this movie, like... And this has, is the opposite. No yeah. money, or, or the same as no money, but I don't think anybody... You know, there there are people that are going to admit that it's a bad movie, but like we've stated before, don't speak ill of it, because I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's one of these things that's that's beautiful for its imperfections yeah um and that yeah and that it's found a way to for to be sort of um have people um take it in and it's sort of a, a dear friend in a way um and and like i said it's it was one of these movies that was on a lot when i was a kid um because my sister would watch it all the time and they'd sing the songs mm-hmm. and um you know cool writer is a great song i wish it was in act one um, it would go a lot to, it would go, that would, that would help the story You're right. tremendously. That's, yeah. It's smack dab in the middle of my notes. Well, like that it, is in the middle of this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's your, it's, I think again, dramatically, this movie has some problems. So I think the point I was making, um, is, is, uh, it's financial success. It's boss box office success is kind of not fair because like I said, it came out the same weekend as E.T., the weekend before was Star Trek Two and Poltergeist. The weekend before that was Rocky Three. Um, Damn. You know, and and, and so this movie like, gonna feel pain. Yeah, this movie, yeah. this movie, like like, just was fighting above its weight. Um, unfortunately, and I think again, on paper, none of those movies. I mean, maybe not Rocky Three, but. Um, um, this movie's Jerry Cooney. Remember that old white boxer who just you, you were knocked around by Larry Holmes? <laughs> uh, well, sure, I'll take your word. Old Stallone and Rocky Balboa, take your pick. Yeah, oh right. Oh my god. Um, so, so yeah, this this movie um, has, you know, at the, the box office success is not as you were saying where it found its home. And I think it found its home in people's homes uh, on cable mm-hmm. and, and VHS. Um, and there's like as like a kind of adjunct to the original. I, I know, like I remember hearing June Diane uh, Rayfield on how did this get made talk about how 
Grease one and two are indistinguishable to her because she she had them she had the double VHS, and she yeah. would just watch them on a loop. Um, and I think as you did for Airplane, as I should have done for Airplane, but did not because uh, I was scared <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, <laughs> after after the first movie, you always said your safe word. Yeah, and the VCR just stopped. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The Pumpkin VHS patch. just Pumpkin magically patch. stopped. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that's part of it too. And like on an audio level, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel like I've listened to the soundtracks of both movies on a loop. Uh, I was convinced before watching the movie this time that back to school was in the original Grease. I thought that was how the original Grease opened. I mean, the four tops are one of my top three favorite bands. So, uh, take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, there's a few numbers in here like like reproduction and, uh, you know, the, the uh, what's the one in the nuclear fallout shelter? Let's do it for our You're country. A country it for where, our country. Where it kind of, I guess beca- <laughs> partly because it, it, it feels like, it, it feels uh, as these, these songs kind of feel as challenging on in, in addressing issues as the original movie does that I've kind of mistaken them for songs from the original. But I, I guarantee you, you know, there are, there are people who don't know what's in what movie. I certainly didn't. Yeah, I think I they, they, say, they can the, blend together. Yeah, you're the test case. But that TV, I mean, like if if they're all, if they're always on if they're both always on TV uh, and recirculating, I think that that might be a lot of people's experience of them, which was like me and Superman. See, I disagree. I, I, these, the, the, the songs from this movie, to me, are so vastly different than the songs from the first movie. The, you know, also, grain of salt, because I was in Greece in high school, so maybe I remember those songs better. Here we go. You know who uh, was also in Greece? Adrian's no. Med. You're uh. right. Adrian's Med played Danny uh, on played Broadway, Danny right? on Broadway. Yeah. yeah, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't touch it a little bit on the performance of Adrian's Med. And, I have a note and just here. the joy I get out of saying his last name. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. completely. I have a note here that says, "Can we all can we all agree on the massive talent, the undeniable talent of Adrian's Med?" He he's in his own movie, yes. and I want to be in the movie that he thinks he's in <laughs> with him. I I honestly like. There's 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 something. There's just something about um, his performance, and um, he he. It's very stagey. It's very. Um, it's it's bordering on camp Mm, um and again like i was saying before the art design of this movie for the large part is very realistic and i think it was just because of a limited time and budget and and um yeah it's just like when you when you shoot a musical like on a glendale high school campus in full like high noon harsh sunlight Sunlight. like it you know it just looks bad it just does just it doesn't look good and and um and it's certainly nothing to sing about. It doesn't look pretty. It looks it looks kind of cheap and, and gritty. And uh, but Adrian is like he's on stage, man. He is 
on stage. Absolutely. And, he, and what's great is that he's he's making the most out of a character that is so poorly drawn. So poorly drawn. Exactly right. Yes. So like this was the thing that I kept. Um, so you know, you know, for those who haven't seen the movie, just picture the T-Birds from Greece, and it's you know, it's the same. It's, it's the, the T-Birds subs bench. Um, it is. It is the bench. It is. It the is bench. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. This is like. Yeah. This is like. Uh, uh, they're handling the game in garbage time. Like this is. This right. is the crew. Yeah. It's just like maintaining the lead. You're and we'll up get... by forty. <laughs> Bring in some med. Bring in some med. Christopher Bring McDonald and the rest Zuko of the team. on Broadway a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, 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 he'll be great. So, so, so they, so it's the bench. And it's, also, it's by the, the way, they're all bench. strangely cowards. Yes, that this is what I'm getting to is that they and maybe it's what you were saying before, Tom, about it being sort of watered down that the T-Birds, I don't understand why. Like they keep saying we've got this rep to protect. Yeah. What rep? Yeah. You run away from every fight. What is their rep? They they uh, they're all on the football team. Yeah. Um, They are really interested in winning the talent competition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right and and apparently they all have this reputation of writing their own essays like and really good ones they just don't have time to now and they have to hire michael to write their essays for them it's this weird thing of like they're always whenever michael writes the essays for them. this is halfway through the movie michael needs to raise money so he starts writing essays for the for the t-birds and getting them good grades and they take, they they hire him. They each of them mm-hmm. hire him, and they each of them say the same joke, which is independently, not knowing. Yeah. They each go to him independently and say, "I have a rep to protect. Yeah. Like, don't tell anyone about this." The idea is like, I don't want anyone knowing that I don't write my own essays because, like, <laughs> I am up for a Pulitzer. I don't know why they are. Their reputation is so odd. Um, yeah. Now. Now, I mean, I'm a greaser, but I'm still going to be valedictorian. I am going to be the king of the king of the luau. I'm going to be um, valedictorian. I'm going to win the talent show, talent and I'm going contest. to play on the, on the on the football on the football team. Now there is another motorcycle gang led by Val Kilmer with acne scars, and he from is the original. Like, he is like okay. Now I get like that is actually a formidable villain. Yeah, yeah. and so you have you have this love interest. Uh, between Michael and Michelle Pfeiffer, and then you've got actual menacing motorcycle gang, and then you've got the T-Birds, which suddenly feel like the biggest spare tire yeah. um, of the of the story, and they're just fighting to be like to, to they're fighting to like justify why they're even in the story, if that makes any sense. Um, no, I know what you mean. And so, like, everything involving the T-Birds, like, let's do it for our country mm. and, and um, Prowlin and all of the numbers that are really T-Bird heavy feel so, like, um, I don't know, they feel like the appendix. Like, we're just like, just take it out. I, I sort of, it's, also, it's, can, I, can I ask, is Prowlin the song they're singing when they're, what's the song that they're singing for the actual talent show? Prowlin. It is, right? Yeah. Okay. Because they have a rehearsal version, yeah, where it seems it's like a big mess, and then, then they you do get to the talent show, and it looks it sounds fantastic, but they give you like the last five seconds of the well, song. Well, we've already seen all thinking, the songs in. Re- we've seen too much rehearsal. 
Yeah. We've already seen all the songs by the time we get to the talent contest, I which is a big see narrative that song problem. Firing on all cylinders. Yeah, though. There's, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of reprises. And Mr. Sandman three times. Oh my God, Mr. Sandman, Girl for All Seasons, and and all of this stuff. We get these little teasers again going through the rehearsals. Then you finally see the show as a as an organizing principle, like this is one of those high schools that is just sort of inordinately revolves around the talent yeah. show, you know, like it seems like yeah. everybody's got skin in the game. Like it, like you would think there's just money riding on this talent show yeah. like, <laughs> by how like intense, like It'd everybody like the knows it's coming from the sting. Yeah, All right, exactly. Well, well, one, one of everybody the... knows it's coming. Everybody knows what's at stake. Yeah. And we're supposed to just kind of buy into this, that it's suddenly like the school from fame. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's so it's it feels like a again, like a put on or, or a vestige of some other show or idea. But I got to give Zmed credit for like selling it and like making the T-Birds watchable. Like if at all times. Yeah. Like I, I really like his performance. I like I like all the performances except for Max Caulfield. Yeah, I we need to, we need a, to talk about uh, what my, he is my a dead eyed fish. He is a dead-eyed fish. <laughs> Your countryman. Oh, defend I'm him, not going to defend anything. Um, <laughs> All right, good. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you, you we, we talked about, you know, yeah, of course it, it, it makes sense. And he is Sandy's cousin, right? I mean, it's not, yeah. so, so we're not, that's we're, the, we're right. not just, we're not just having a, a kind of a surrogate for Sandy, who's a man. He's also related to Sandy. Yes. Um, which another another imbass, of course. Um, it must yeah. be a sequel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he—it's a very insipid performance. Um, that re- and and how weak it. I mean, he's up against Michelle Pfeiffer, so you know, it's it, it's not. It, it it's no surprise that he looks so weak against her. But what he's asked to do in this movie, in terms of because this movie for me is about duality, you know. We see a pair of twins very early on. Everyone is pretending to be something the they're way, not, and switching mm-hmm. identities. And he's right. asked to go from one, one kind of masculine ident, well, one kind of ident type of identity to another, and it's kind of monotone all along the way. <laughs> <laughs> to the point yeah. where I, you know, I can't even tell if he's pretending to be American when he becomes Cool Rider or not. He is. I, he's I sounding he like is. a husky American. He sounds like Ma- Maurice think... Lamarche doing Orson Welles. There's an awful lot of husky whispering in this movie. There's a lot of whis. There's I... too much whispering in this movie, I would argue, uh, especially in the finale. <laughs> but um, so. Side note. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt not you. Not at all. Because you said something. The twins. Yeah. Those twins auditioned separately, were hired oh, separately, and then they discovered they were twins and created these roles for them. Well, you mean the filmmakers discovered they were twins? <laughs> yes. Not that they, they weren't like separated. They, at they birth weren't twins. separated at no. birth, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, I, I just I, think that's. I think that sums up a lot for this movie. I think, like again. This like on paper, it's like, all right, Sandy's cousin comes to Rydell High School, right? You're like, okay, great, I'm in. Sandy's cousin, right? And then they just they stop there. They never deal with like 
okay, if he's Sandy's cousin, like he knows that when his cousin went to Rydell High School, she changed. Yeah. Like she she became a very different person. And now he's going to Rydell High School. And so I'm going she like, has is lung there cancer now? Well, she has lung cancer. She died in a motorcycle accident or something. <laughs> you know, but 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 now now I'm I'm Michael and I'm going to the same high school that like deeply changed my cousin. First of all, like, is there like a host family that's just like taking this fam this <laughs> British family one right. by one? And by the way, Libby Newton Chan's from Australia, so like I'm yeah. I'm a little all over with the you know, sort of country cousin kind of thing, but but um that there's never a nod of like, oh, you're Sandy's cousin. Well, I hope what happened to her doesn't happen to you, right. or like, like some like finger wagging uh, principal or somebody. At least acknowledging that they are in fact related. Not that like again, like I don't. I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm overthinking. Well, the this. only person that but, seems to know is Frenchie. Yeah, she's but like, I oh, can't even a friend figure of your out. Could you guys figure out? Was Frenchie going back to high school? Right. She I thought they were going to do a Save by the Bell thing. I thought they were going to do a Save by the Bell thing and like make her a teacher or like make her the principal or something. She's but she's the she just she's the basically functionally she's the Yoda of this movie. She's just there yeah. to tell people the rules and and the history of what's happened. She, but I she think, never again, chooses to tell Michael what you're speaking to right now, Matt. Again, though, I think this is where the, this is where you run into the physical realities of, of production, where it's like they got the actors back for a limited time. They didn't they 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 can only like it's like you get Frenchie, but you get Frenchie for three days. Well, <laughs> also, know? no, like, it wasn't that. It's according like you get to... Sid Caesar, but you get Sid Caesar for a day. Uh, and Sid Caesar looked like he did her, his entire her... performance in one take. Yeah. Yes, when he runs have, off that a... football field, he's gone. He's in his car. Well, no, but it's so there, so there's a scene in the beginning where Sid Caesar he's doing uh, he's he, he's he's Sid coaching Caesar things. He's doing Sid Caesar things. He's coaching the football team, um, and he's on the the sort of that tackling horse kind of uh, contraption, right. um, and uh, and they push him for some back, reason they they back and back pit. yeah. And so somewhere in the end zone, somebody has dug a six by ten pit about ten to twelve feet deep. Um, for no reason, no warning, no tape around it, nothing. They've just dug a giant pit into the end zone of this high school uh, football field. Sid Caesar gets pushed into the pit, and he never gets out. They never show him get out. He only then just reappears at the luau at the end of the movie. It's it, it's one of these things where, again, like you, it's a gag, and they get the gag, but they... Um, uh, they 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 don't. They're just there's such a lack of 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 thought or like consideration to like at least to everything. At least show him like I I have I have nothing to us. He falls into that pit. I have to assume there are like punji sticks down there, and he's dead because until I see him get out of that pit, it's like a continuity thing. Like until you see the the, the until you see him get out of the pit, you're going like, what happened to that coach, man? I think he's still in the pit. I think they left him there. Why was there a pit in the end zone? I don't know. Like I start worrying about the guy, and I'm missing what's whatever's going on in the movie. Are we to believe? Well, that, this will. Um, that was my biggest problem with Grease Two. Are we to believe that maybe John Travolta <laughs> and Olivia Newton-John are in that pit? I think a lot of things. There are, are a lot of things are in, in that, and that's why we're not talking about Sandy. 
They kind of like Uta from, from the Simpsons. We don't pit. talk about what happened to him. It's it's. I think it's the. To me, it's like they had their twenty five words or less for this for this movie. They had their basic premise, and they thought, and we'll just fill it with numbers. Well, well, okay. <laughs> It'll so be here's great. the thing. Here's the thing, Matt. That's almost, I think, exactly what they had because when they started filming, they did not have a finished script. Uh, does I'm anybody shocked. know the name? Ken Ken Finkelman would not. <laughs> I repeat, not allow production to begin until he was done with his script. I'm just telling you what my research my research has borne out. So much so, you notice that Frenchie just disappears a little more than halfway through this movie. Again, Apparently everyone like, does. Think, was it all the legacy yeah, was it because she herself, again was it because they had them for two days or because no, they, it was she herself said that they had an unfinished script. Halfway done with the script, they decided to write her out, and told her the actor, "You can leave now. We're not going to use you anymore." But had already been filming her. And left her in the movie. Oh, my God. They're just building the plane mid-flight yeah. is, is what they're doing. And that, and that to me, like, it's, again, like, I like Grease. I like the original. I didn't, as a kid, I thought it was like, I don't know. I just had a, I had a, I had a bone to pick with musicals when I was a kid. But I learned to really love them. <laughs> and I think Grease is a really great musical and it's a great movie. And I want the sequel to be good. I, like, I, I want it to be... Um, more than just like a head scratcher. Um, I, th- I do think this movie gets there. And I think yeah. by, by the end, again, by that, by her torch number, and when we go to Motorcycle Heaven, um, the movie finally becomes, it finally starts looking like Grease. And, and the luau, I think, is, is it's just like, I don't know, it's chef kiss perfect. I was, I was, I was so happy with the luau. <laughs> It's it's so ridiculous, um, and um, and I was like, finally, the movie was kind of embracing how ridiculous it was. Reproduction is another movie, another number where it was. It's a re, it's a ridiculous number. I just wish the the filming of it had been ridiculous. Had been, too. Yeah, had more flair. Well, yeah, and the, you know the the sex bunker is 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 very interesting too. I mean. I, I love the reproduction and how terrible it is. I love reproduction <laughs> morally, yeah. Um, I love morally, I love reproduction yeah. as a musical number. It feels like it it belongs in Little Shop of Horrors or even Rocky Horror Picture Show as a as a musical number, but I think it's great. And you know that's the big scene with Tab Hunter, who was you know a one of the mm-hmm. few actors from the era, one of the few kind of movie stars from the era that historically the the movie's located in um it was a 1950s matinee idol and here he is playing a teacher teaching sex education to a bunch of kids and that extra diegetic quality is really nice there it is it is nice i don't think you need to know who he is to enjoy the the um to enjoy the number I think his his presence. A is lot of the audience would have known before. who he was. I think at the time. Exactly, and his presence is what I was talking yeah. about before. But nostalgia for the for the late fifties, early sixties, and and these these nods that look like back to a sort of a, a simpler time before you know we our notion of what's possible and real has been shattered. Yeah. You know, and and 
you know, the, the movie sort of wants to be, it wants to be as playful and as innocent as that time. It's, it's, it's again, it's just a shame because when you look at Greece, like it's not the Greece is not an innocent show. It's not no. an innocent show at all. Um, and, but it's good. It's a good show. The songs are great. The performances are great. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just, there's so much talent on the screen mm. in Greece that yeah. this movie just like, you know, to, to start production without a finished script and to cobble together songs written by 15 different songwriting teams and, and with the hope that it's going to somehow cohese, um, is, it's just, I feel it's like, so it's, it's a miscarriage in some way, a miscarriage of justice. Like, like, like don't, if you're going to do Greece, like, tr- you know, uh, you know, treat it with a little more respect than that. I suppose that explains, mm-hmm. and you know, this, this really segues into Airplane 2, because I think, well, th- these are all the same movie, but in <laughs> respects of tone, <laughs> these, you know, one of the things that is in all these movies is this is these irre- irreconcilable shifts in tone and the nuclear fallout shelter scene for me oh it's so crazy is, it, it's insane what what it's in insane. reality we're talking about which is a nuclear holocaust and someone faking that to have sex um there is so much false pretense in this movie between the genders. Well, I mean, it's a little. I mean, that's oh, there's that's a lot of bad writing, isn't it? When you're falling back on those kinds of storylines, but I just, I mean, maybe they thought it was Shakespearean. <laughs> well, they yeah, but hey, well, they talk. I mean, they kind of allude to that later on with the Hamlets and Hamlet and Hamburgers line. You know, the um, they right. talk about it's Shakespeare right. in this movie, and again, that you know, they're trying to say, well, Shakespeare wrote you know crazy stuff that that uh the proles liked um that was just for kind of mass consumption and all that sort of stuff so i think they're engaging with it they just it, it's trying to get through that sex bunker scene and trying to sort of like reconcile the way everyone's acting on screen about what's happening versus what that means in a larger sense <laughs> what that means in a larger right. sense and you know it's it's such a it's even weird with the lines like standing me up is bad for your health it's it's weird even in the sense of like having nostalgia for that the, the pre-kennedy assassination period because it's nostalgic for nuclear war but nuclear war is still a big possibility in 1982 so right yeah is that why we don't know what to, you know, we don't really know what the tone of this is. Um, but it's a, it's a weird thing to introduce if you're trying to be light. It It is. And I, and this movie is, it's not like this movie. It was is so heavy that we needed a light number. You yeah. Know? Like this is yeah, not in, right. yeah. this is not like, um, yeah, we're not, uh, this is not master of the house. Um, you know, like that's true. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and so and so it's it's not in relief to anything. And so it feels like, OK, we have to endure this long, really problematic charm song between two tertiary characters. Mm. Um, and and it's the, the movie is clearly just like buying time like it's just kind of like well we we paid for the song to be written and right. you know and and 
for whatever reason, I mean, the we had Michael. Written. We had Michael write all of his essays in a fallout shelter, which they had to set up the fallout shelter because like again it's this thing of like let's do a number in a fallout shelter great great idea and they're like well how do we get to a fallout shelter it's like well the family that michael's staying with has one in the backyard and that's where he does his homework yeah (laughs) you're like okay i guess how are we gonna show that well easy he's gonna write essays for the like the 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 convolutions it takes to get to that number and then you get there, yeah. and it's with two people we don't care about. Um, it's it's gaslighty and date rapey and just really so. cr- cringy, really. And cringy. he stays with uh, him afterwards. That's the weird right. part of yeah. it. Yeah, and that's then, the weirdest part. And <laughs> that still and together. that and that her react like her reaction to finding out that that um, it wasn't a nuclear holocaust. Um, her reaction to that is, "Oh, you! I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the night." You know, like, like that was, that was all like he, there's no comeuppance. It just, you're on a 12 hour probation. Oh my God. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A, maybe, maybe, maybe that is because it's still a everyday thing that people have to deal with in 1982. Maybe that's the kind of the way of processing it is you, you sort of treat it as a, as a joke, I don't know. I, I I'm not, I I don't want to put too much on that 1982 lens, but it it's just weird to me that you know you're you're still in a cold war, and you have this kind of detachment from the 60s part, early 60s part of that yeah. cold war, which is kind of right. the same situation politically that you're in now. You know, a right. submarine could, is a- could send a new you know like a nuclear sub could kill you at any time. 1982, you know. Anyway. Exactly. Um, right. It, it's 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 you know we're still it's it's a strange thing to be nostalgic for this simpler era, but like the, this we're under the same threats as that era. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like the exactly. same. Um, um, yeah. It's it was it's strange. It's a strange sort of nostalgia, a nostalgia for a different version of the thing you're kind of going through right now. Um, I, think, I think that's why know, the I, the Hawaii stuff really really works is is that. That that's some you know that that early sixty now early nineteen sixties obsession with you know Pacific Islands culture and in, in America is being addressed right. here, and it, so it feels it, it feels like we're being nostalgic for something that's period specific, but also that is genuinely fun and you know all the great Elvis movies that came out of uh, I said great you know in inverted commas you know great great, great for great elvis movies yeah. that were great for elvis yeah. movies like blue hawaii and i'm getting some of the fun you know musicalness there uh that that you know the the sex bunker just isn't doing the same thing for me but i really like it as a number no, and no. and i like i like the kind of somewhat anti-americanness of it to sort of do that in reagan's right. america i think is a little bit provocative not too much but a little bit Again, that's the whole movie. That's a little bit, well, but just, not too much. Yeah, it just that's where this movie comes out. All right, listen, we're gonna take another break, and then we'll come back, and we will finish up with Grease Two right after this.
Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out To A T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To A T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and Matt and I are here discussing the 1982 film Grease 2. All right, boys, we're in our last segment. Where do you want to go with this movie? Like, what what is your pressing heart of hearts tell you we can't not talk about with this movie? I'll say this. I feel like this movie, this story, the musical as a concept, as a cohesive thing, it just was, they took it out of the oven too early. Um, And, Mm. you know, I look at numbers like Cool Rider and, and, you know, that should be in act one. Um, You know, that should be not long after, that should be about 15 minutes into the movie. Right, exactly. That should be about 12 to 15 minutes into the movie. Um, Michael's number charades. You know, we talked about everybody's playing oh, a role here. can we talk here. about charades? Okay, well, just a second. So, so charades is a really strange, strangely conceived, strangely performed, shot. strangely shot. Like, he thinks the song most of the time. So this is the first time. Oh, yeah, his, he's in a monologue yeah, this is, song. This yeah, this is end of there act two. There are moments where he's singing the song out loud, and then moments yeah. where he's walking down the hallway. Thinking He's it. singing, but not singing. Yeah, he's thinking a song. I don't think any... I think this is the... I can't, I can't be sure of this, but I've never seen a main character think his torch song. You know? Um, he's lamenting that he can't be real. He can't be himself in front of of his the woman he loves that he needs the mask you know he's uh, uh it's a, it's a very classic idea yeah you know yeah and it's kind That's of heartbreaking but here's the big problem uh again from i standing back and looking at the structure of the movie this is the first time it's the end of act two now this is the first time our main <laughs> character or one of our main characters sings in a musical, this is the first That's good time reason for that, he though. sings. Yes, okay. So when you hear when we, you hear his yeah, voice, it, there's a little. There's a little bit of that. I, I don't want to begrudge him. He's he's a he. I I um I, I take it as a um you know I have not. This is the only movie of his I've seen. Um, uh, but uh, he has he has had a huge, uh, really storied career on stage, like uh, uh, Max Caulfield, like. Mm-hmm. He's no slouch, and he was he was kind of the hot thing uh, in the West End at the time of being cast 
for this movie. He was before, right? Yeah. Like he said this movie put him back by a, a decade. Yeah, this movie this movie this he I don't think he was ready for I don't know if he was ready for the camera, if he was ready for this kind of thing or like I said, this movie just it should have fried everybody. Um, you know, but this movie and the story was just taken out of the oven a little too early because that song uh, shot in a different way and sung by a character who has had several songs so far and who we've gotten to know and like really like and love and pull for that song could be really beautiful. So mm-hmm. case in point, um, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's torch song, which, which is turn back the hands of time, the duet, that song I think is just like, they stick it. That's that song to me is a 10 and that's where they go to mm. motorcycle heaven and it's again it's a lament it's i just want to turn back the hands of time which again goes to this bigger thing of nostalgia for the pre sure uh pre uh, uh kennedy yeah. assassination just like i just wish we could turn back the hands of time and sort of get out of the mess that we created you know and make this uncomplicated again and 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 so i i just i see some so many pieces and so many promising pieces um on the table here and i just i feel like they've been assembled in the in the most rickety way possible um and well this uh, and, movie and, and does just, feel it, like it they put me. it together and they were like let's put this one on the island of misfit toys what do you mean like the the whole thing yeah yeah it's it don't is, you think like i said it, it, it i i will go to the mat and say this is a this is still a very entertaining movie again oh, good completely. good bad like it's an entertaining movie but I think you can also revel in so many of the questions that it raises. I mean, it's, it's got gender and, you know, geopolitical problems. It's got... <laughs> you don't want to have Greece have geopolitical angles. That's that's the thing. <laughs> it's like Greece is not where you hash out geopolitical right. yeah, that's issues. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this, is not, this is not the time nor the place. Um... You know, uh, yeah. But isn't that part of the magic elixir of this movie? Yeah. Or even just on the simplest terms, like when... Okay, the T-Birds are going to go fight the pockmarked Val Kilmer. Yeah. Acne Scarf Val Kilmer. Because they think he's by himself. Then the rest of... If you're going to keep mentioning him, I have to mention John Candy's less funny brother who... uh, (laughs) Uh, Max buys a bike from. Totally. Uh, yeah, I rode these all at one point or another. <laughs> it's like, so, go on, go so, on. So you have him. The, the, the T-Birds are going to come out because they have the numbers. When they discover that the rest of the gang is there, they they cower back into the bowling alley. And who shows up but Michael on his on his motorbike. And my note is for that scene, I don't understand how he's winning. No, there's no story happening. It's in just there. No, yeah, it's like, just posing. It's, it's, yeah, it's just exactly. tableaus and posing. And the song um, "Who's That Guy" is "Who's That Guy" is yeah. the worst Who's song of the movie. In my, it's it's the it's the whisper song, um, "Who's That Guy," and they cap it with not just an improbable jump over a police car, but like right. like defying physics, physics, and, right, and and you know breaking what few few rules you've set in this movie are just sort of shattered in that in that motorcycle jump where i feel like you know it is the jumping the shark moment 
Um, it is the jumping of the, the police <laughs> well, car. It goes. I mean, Happy Days is the origins of that. It's not too it's dissimilar not, right? how it happens in Happy Days with Funs jumping, yeah, exactly. uh, jumping the shark. I would also like to um, point um, any listeners to if you want to see uh, uh, Pamela Adlin um, in her first movie role, credited she was not Adlin at that point. She was Pamela Siegel. Um, but uh, she played the little kind of runt tag along to Dolores the, to uh, to, the, yeah. to the pink ladies. Little Bobby Hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Californication and and Louis, Louis, and, um, and well, she's got her own show now. Better, better things, yeah. better things. Show, yeah. Thank you. Um, and she, I, I honestly, she's like a super bright spot to me for for this. I feel like again, oh yeah, she knows what movie she's in, and I want to be in the movie <laughs> she is in her mind. I want to be mm-hmm. in her movie. Just like I want to be in Adrian's Meds movie, um, because it's 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 better than the movie that we're in, and like it's this tension that I feel watching this movie. I'm like, oh my god, this could be so much better. It's good, but it's like it could be so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I wish. But again, were... I think all the mistakes they make in this movie for me, it helps the movie become so bad it's good. I don't know. I. I don't think it's quite there. There's a lot of unexplained weird stuff that definitely adds to the mystique of it. Right. That yeah. The the nuns bowling. Nuns bowling is the, fantastic. The creepy Washington face on that T-shirt. Oh, I have a note Ooh. that says. What's what's my note? Because I just put the coin. Is it what's up with that creepy said, Washington face said, on the T-shirt? I said the president coin outfit leads to another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> Would it have been better from a story perspective to for as for the audience not to know for sure that Michael and Cool Rider were the same person? Maxwell. Michael. He's called Michael in this. Yeah, his right? real name is Max. His, yeah, the Maxwell. actor's name okay. is Max. Um right. would that would that have would that have helped him, given that he can't do the Clark Kent Superman uh thing at all? It's the, like to plays it totally the same. I don't know. I, I, hmm. I, I think that would have been a really hard I, I was landing just to say, stick. That I would think have been a hard. That would have been difficult to do. I think. I think it, it would have been so obvious um, that that was going to where you were right. going. I think what the, what 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 we um, what we what we're missing again. He sings about it in charades, but we don't see uh, so much because it's all in scene work. Um, it's all in like spoken acting e scenes that aren't particularly electric between the two of them i don't really i don't uh they're yeah, not there's they're, not, they're a not a lot of chemistry there. it's not a lot of chemistry yeah. so i don't quite see him so torn up about playing the dual role you know no, it's like the, he decides to play a dual role at the end of act one and it's like okay i'm going to be the cool writer until she falls in love with me and then the, the act two should be how hard it is to be the cool writer when it, it doesn't seem yeah. that hard for him until maybe the end of act two and then he's, well, when he, he sings his song, he thinks sings a song. <laughs> See, sing thinks he thinks sings. He 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 stares off dreamily as a as studio recording is, of his voice yeah. starts um, starts uh, singing a song, which again is the first time in the whole movie you're hearing your main character sing, which is kind of a no no. Um, well, it, it, uh, doing it as in a monologue, I think, just leans into the anemia of his whole performance. <laughs> right? I mean, we, that's... We're not... We're, this is not the Max Caulfield fan club. 
I called I no, called him I, a dead-eyed I, fish. Hey, and I'm you willing... called him anemic. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I'm willing. I'm willing to believe in another context. He would be, uh, you know, spectacular. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I, I think Sound I don't like think the movie. Trying to convince yourself of that. I just, I just, I don't think the movie's kind of helping, helping him out. And you know, from the get go, he is. He's definitely more the replacement Sandy than Michelle Pfeiffer is the replacement Danny. John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. Again, without I mean, any nod to the fact that that's, that helps that Michelle Pfeiffer is better. I mean, you, uh, you know, Matt said I don't think he's camera ready. Maybe it's not even about being ready for the camera. It's about that whatever he's doing on stage just doesn't translate onto the screen. Whereas, of course, we know Michelle Pfeiffer can light up a screen wherever she goes. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange sort sure. of it's a strange thing because you have Zmed who you know just had just played Danny and so he comes on with a very theatrical performance and then you have right. Max Caulfield who might be like who who knows was he self-conscious and wanted to dial it back because he knew his face was going to be 35 feet tall and 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 so anybody dialed it back to the point to the point of anemia. There's a lot of widescreen in here too. Um, There's a lot of widescreen. But yeah, he's 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 a bit of a he's a, he's a, he's a little doa. Um, just as soon as he yeah, gets off the bus, yeah. you're like, you're like no, it's like as soon as Sandy enters, the Rydell High School stops. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And so we take our cues as an audience from what other characters, how other characters are responding to our main character. And he gets off the bus. <laughs> crickets. Catches, yeah. Catches. It's crickets. Nobody, the only person who cares is Frenchie, who comes it's like Frenchie. scurrying up behind him, going, Michael, you're here. And we're like, I guess I like her. Yeah. She likes him. I'll, 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 take her, yeah. I'll take her at her word. <laughs> To be fair, there is a there is a pretty spectacular musical number going on yes, around him he enter- that maybe was taking other people's attention. Exactly, his he enters at the worst time. Like let like <laughs> let the our little town number happen, and then and, and then, then you enter. In. Yes, yeah. Then you come in. People are like the four tops are performing at our school. Yeah, he's like I'm new, and you're like yeah, we'll get to you. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> yeah. It, it just for me like this movie the first act of this movie is just it's just one big sort of misstep and, misstep after another and right? and so and so like the rest of the movie is like you're struggling to find reasons to care about anything and you're struggling to to get into the spirit of it um because story-wise the first act has um it's just missing a lot of like very very traditional very easy to nail uh, checkpoints and sort of gates you know the our little town song you got your you need your i want song you need the you know it's like it, it, so the, fir- the first think... act of a musical is, is pretty i've forgotten so many of these songs <laughs> oh you're looking through the song list for... you're saying titles to me oh. that, that have really... just <laughs> the feel and is that is the frequency of songs more than in uh in greece it felt that i couldn't way. T- i don't know side by oh, side that's a good question i don't know it feels like there's a few, there's a song every few minutes, and I don't remember Greece being that way. It's a long time since I've seen um, it. Yeah, I can't speak to that. Um, I can't. Yeah, I don't know for sure. And again, it's just that again, it intensifies that feeling of just we're just lurching from one number to another, and the connective tissue is not 
really doing the job. No, it's not. It's it's it, yeah. It's it's really. Um, I have to fault Ken for his for his his book. Finkelman. Um, Ken Finkelman. He's a comedy writer. He was partnered with Rick Romanis. They came up together. Like he's he's got chops. He's like he's huh. yeah. He's you know he's still around. Like uh, he's I don't know if he's he's working these days. He's probably in his eighties seventies. Um, but um, uh, but he you know it's the the, the he was brought in to um, you know with Airplane Two, two Paramount movies. Two, two mandated from the top down sequels and they said Ken you're our guy and yeah, right. um, and he he delivered you're starting tonight yeah you're starting tonight Ken and he did you know um, he did a job he did a job on both of these movies <laughs> I think it's fascinating that what more could you say I didn't until I was watching these Other movies I didn't realize there was that connection job. And no, I, yeah, me either. I was so so, and and what's great is that we're talking about Grease two now, and then when we talk about Airplane two, Ken Ken has a lot to hide behind in Grease two, you know, being the screenwriter, mm-hmm. being sure. the screenwriter of a musical, you got there's a lot of there's a lot of people out in front of you, you know, yeah, but Airplane two, he writes and directs. Ken, yeah, Ken him. Ken's on the hot seat, coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of give him a pass on Grease too. Um, There's some good one-liners in here. It doesn't surprise me that a comedy writer, uh, you know, wrote some of the. And it's hard to know. Like I I I got this essay on the fall of Rome. I didn't even know they were in trouble. Yeah, it's a good one. It's like it's it's (laughs) Sid Caesar should have said it. It would have the the dumb student shtick is done pretty well. What's done well? Although as as the dumb student shtick is kind of good but as matt says the screenplay doesn't even think they're dumb they're just right. like slipping from this from this uh high achiever that they these high achievers that they were previously which makes zero that sense. makes no sense right yeah it's like why can't they just be like dumb kids yeah who happily <laughs> will pay for essays yes, right. right like exactly. that's kind of what they normally do um yeah yeah don't let it just, get don't that's how work. Yeah, but no, they're really concerned with like making the dean's list. It's a very strange characterization that they came up with for the for this uh, the the T birds the T birds the T birds the B team the B birds. <laughs> oh, I did that. I put the t- the TB team. That's exactly what I described them as in the notes. The TB team. So they have tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Hey, would it would it surprise you if turkey tuberculosis featured in this movie? No, <laughs> not at all. You're it right. would not, not surprise Polio. me if one of the characters yeah. was dying from yeah. TB. That'd be perfectly in line with this, and they sang a little song about it. I would have welcomed that at a certain point in this movie. I would have welcomed it. Um, okay, so I one 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 of the things just uh, last thing for me. One of the things that. Again, I'm going off memory of Greece here. Is I felt like it felt that the Greece felt like a school year. Mm-hmm. In this movie, when it was the end right. of the school year, I was like, "That's not enough events." It's weird, right? It starts on the first day of to school to constitute a year of no, school. No, it does. It starts on the first day of school, and then it's ending uh, like at the uh, end like of school. Three weeks uh, of stuff Luna. happens, right? <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then the luau is the end of the year, and I had the same kind of like 
I was like, wait, what? We're at the end of the year? I th- I, we were barely at homecoming. Um, that's kind right. of where I, I was shocked by well, that. Well, maybe that was where the script ended. No, they were like... they, <laughs> And then they just no, picked the it up. No, the last song is like, and now it's time for summer. You know, like they're they're excited about getting, getting back to... Um, you know, it starts with back to school and then it goes to like, I can't wait for summer. Yeah. And so... What they need, what they need, is text on screen saying the time, the date. Oh, you want Halloween three? And... You want Halloween three? Is what you want exactly? <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Oh, don't and, worry. And some kind of jingle reminding us that time is passing. Do not worry. We will talk about the Chiron happy director of Halloween three. It's where Law and Order must have got it from. <sighs> is that your assumption? I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to put 50 on it. <laughs> I think I think it well we'll get there when we get there but I I think it was a it was like a transcription accident. Yeah. I think the scenes in the script began that way and somebody accidentally thought it meant was meant to be in the movie. I think somebody making that movie saw The Shining at one weekend and came oh, in Monday true. morning going like guys I got this great idea how to goose the movie every now and then. <laughs> and they were like great can we do it more than now and then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what happened. But we'll get there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this just before we go, because it, it occurs to me as we're talking about Grease 2, we've been... It's no secret that we all have plenty of problems with this movie. Right. But we're all more or less declaring this a good movie, and for two of us, it's at the top of our list, so... What is it that this movie did right to garner this attention from us? I guess it's more a question for you, Matt, because, Tom, this is your... Although you're declaring it a good movie, even though it's third on your list. For me, it's 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 um, it's uh, the last half hour. Um, and that's it? Well, I, I, what I'm saying is like the, the the movie sort of teeters on watchability for much of the middle of it. Like it start to be like it starts strong, it teeters for a long. It starts, it starts strong. strong, it teeters for a while, and it's to the point of like I was like, ugh, I might have to watch this in two sittings. And then, and then, um, and then it was like, all right, it's the big talent show. And I was like, all right, all right, Act Three, I can make it through Act Three. And then you know they kind of limp through Girl for All Seasons, but then like. Yeah. But then I forget the character's name, but it's, it's Adrian Smed's, you know, sort of his like squeaky, Nogarelli. his squeaky girlfriend. Oh. Um, you know, she has a really good sort of, she gives him a good like. Um, uh, tongue lashing. A little tongue lashing and a little sort of comeuppance about the way yeah. that she's been treated um, through the through the film. And she kind of lets him have it, you know, because he's trying to prevent her from going on stage in a skimpy outfit. And. And uh, and she lets him have it in a really unambiguous way and in a way that they don't backpedal. And I was like, oh, oh okay, this, hang on. And then they do Girl for All Seasons. And while we have seen the, the, the we have heard the song before, there's something neat to me about the way they do it all together and the costuming and everything. And you're like, it, it has a bit of a showy quality. And mm-hmm. so it builds. So it's like like the movie starts taking these incremental steps. And then when that star flies away and she starts singing Turn Back the Hands of Time and they go to Motorcycle Heaven, I, I wrote, um, let me see what I wrote in my notes here. I wrote, um, uh, Turn Back the Hands of Time finally delivers on the heightened art design. Motorcycle Heaven. Holy shit. 
How can this get better? Why isn't the whole movie like this? Here for the first time, I am getting a sequel to Grease. And then we go to the luau. I love it. This is the movie I wanted. And so, like, I really felt like, um, even with the 2020 eyes, like, the, the, the last half hour of this movie is, is, is good, and it saves it, saves it, the whole experience for me. So if you See, I, I didn't feel like it had to be saved, because even when I knew the movie was floundering, I was still reveling in all of its mishaps. <laughs> I was still enjoying that. And then one of my last notes was, wait a second. Does Adrian, does Adrian Zemed have the biggest character arc in this movie? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and that in and of itself to me is explains this movie completely. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean I'm sort of I'm sort of in, in I mean I, I think yeah, it begins well and it starts well and that's always a big deal for me in a movie. That 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 automatically tells me that that it can at least keep it keep itself together um and no, none of these problems that we're talking about maxwell caulfield or uh he's just now a problem he's not a person um the weird shifts in tone um the sort of disappointingly watered down aspects of it none of them in the context of a musical really affect my enjoyment too much right maybe yeah Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's me being, I mean, musical fans will probably, you know, people who are hardcore musical fans will probably uh, slate me for that. But I I feel like it's a kind of form where you can sort of get away with that. And then if the next number is okay, that carries you to the next one. If that one's not so good, uh, you know, there'll be another one coming along soon. And kind of a kind of unevenness and weirdness that actually in the frame of a musical doesn't bother me as much as it would in a piece of cut co- well obviously in a piece of comedy or a piece of horror um mm. it just it's uh it adds a, and you know I, I clunky sequelness aside sandy's cousin sequel inversions sure. everywhere you know, this mixture of legacy and surrogate characters. We've talked about all this before. I actually like the starting point of let's do something that's less offensive to women than the Olivia Newton-John kind of. I, I, I like where they start with the Michelle Pfeiffer character. I don't like necessarily quite where they end up with it, but I think... I think there's there's a reversal there that that's that's interesting to me that is is doing doing something different and the idea of this being this movie being about duality and people switching roles this kind of schizophrenic uh change in character although a lot of that I think is just bad writing and planning and characterization and all the production troubles we've been talking about it kind of works through most of the movie uh, so it kind of comes out in the wash okay. All right. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. High praise. Walk no, don't run. I, I, <laughs> I, I probably do. It's probably fair to say I do have lower standards when it comes to musical, especially, you know, if there's one or two really good numbers. That kind of buys and you a, a certain are. amount of 
latitude. Yeah. yeah. And probably right. like every 20 minutes or so, there's a, there's a number that I think is okay or, or very, very good. So that'll, that'll carry, that'll carry me through. We've, we've talked about when, weirdly when we did Star Trek, the motion picture for our watch along, <laughs> I, I said the biggest problem I have in the movie is like, I, I, I don't know where to take a breather in the movie. Mm. It just feels like a screensaver. That's just like it's just constantly ongoing. That whole movie is a breather. Star Trek movies have a point at which you go like, oh, check off, you know, check off saying Botany Bay. Then I can go, you know, take a piss. And it's like <laughs> this feels the same. It's like it's like I've got all these buttons in there uh, that are actually pretty, pretty satisfying. Mm. All right, it, but this movie's got big problems and should never have been made. <laughs> but but don't but be I'm ash- glad but don't be was. ashamed if you want to put it on one Sunday afternoon and watch it. Oh yeah, and have a good time. Like that's the weird thing. I I wonder how I've never watched these. I've never watched Greece and Greece Two together. I wonder I wonder if that's a, like a Casino Royale Quantum of Solace thing. I wonder whether there are no, nice selling a bill of goods no. that I think only you are buying, sir. <laughs> Yeah, and those two Harry Potter films, which I thought should be watched back to back as well. Um, I wonder whether back to back might make do something for this movie. I don't know. I'm not going to find out. Yeah. All right. That's how a lot of people watch it, guaranteed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to know what you think of Grease Two. One of four films from 1982 we're taking a look at here. If you have a differing opinion, please send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and let us know what you think. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's in between? You tell us. For Matt Aldrich and Tom Stewart, my name is Michael Schantz. Say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Does this song stink or what? (laughs) Dangerous line to say in a movie like this. Dangerous line. All right. We're going to see you on the next episode for Airplane 2 coming at you. Take care.